What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, it's National Hug of Friend Day. If we were together, would you give me a hug? Tony Kornheiser. So you consider us friends? You do? Really? Wow. Yes, I'll wow. give you a hug. Okay, well, yes. I, gotta, I, I was I going to say, give if you're you not giving me a hug, I know who I'm going to save my hug for. You want to know? Who? Perk. I'll give my hug to Perk. You couldn't get your arms around Perk. Perk is <laughs> six foot ten, 340 pounds. He's so much bigger than you. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Yeah. In today's episode, the Sixers lose again. Dave Roberts lets Walker Bueller finish, and Phil Mickelson could be ready to return to golf. But we begin today with the Celtics sweeping the Nets out of the playoffs. The four games were decided by a total of only 18 points, and the Celtics won all four. Wilbon, would you rather focus on the failure of these Nets or on the Celtics not ducking them and sweeping them? Yeah, well, I've been, I was early on. I picked the Celtics. I credited the Celtics. I told you it was a Celtic defense that was harassing KD and Kyrie into what into their poor performances. So, no, we got time for the Celtics. I want to get to the Brooklyn Nets, who are an utter failure, a bigger failure than the Los Angeles Lakers, a bigger failure, Tony, stunning failure. And Kyrie Irving last night said some things in his postgame comments that to me suggest that group will continue to fail. When Kyrie basically sat there and said, well, you know, we're going forward now and I'm going to be part of management. And that's what he basically said. You know, he named everybody except Steve Nash, which is interesting because he said he didn't want to be coached, didn't need coaching. And he said, we're going to we're going to we're going to make some deals. We're going to make some changes in the offseason. And, and he, he named everybody except Steve Nash and faulted everybody except himself. And it's like, dude, you can't manage you. You can't manage to come to work. You can't manage to be a decent teammate. You can't manage to lead a group of four-year-olds, and now you're going to lead next year. I mean, this guy's unbelievable. Everybody wants to fail, uh, uh, blame Kevin Durant because he had a couple of bad games. Are you kidding me? This guy failed the team, and now they got to bring him back at either $170 or $220 million? The failure of the Nets is the biggest story in sports today with apologies to the draft. Okay, I'm going to let you do the Nets and I'm going to go to the Celtics because luckily for me, I had the great Boston Celtics historian and our longtime friend Bob Ryan on my podcast this morning. What I said early on was I said, like, I'm not sure the Celtics are a really good team, but I thought they put together a really good effort. And Ryan said to me, hold on a second, Sparky. And then Ryan, who would know this better than you and I would know this, Ryan said, all the great Celtics teams, if they played a series with this team, this team would win one or two games off the Russell teams, off the Cowens-Havlicek teams, off the Bird-Parish-McHale teams, off the uh, Ray Allen-Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett team. He loves his team. He loves the coach. Loves them. And I'll just say this. There was a period of time as late as January when that team had capsized, they were under 500. And yeah. everybody was running around Boston, and they were saying, we got to trade Jason Tatum, or we got to get rid of Jalen Brown, because this isn't working. I believe you said that at one point as well. And then suddenly, 
according to Ryan, they listened to Udoka. And things began to work. Mike, they closed 26-6. and six. You add the four against the Nets. They're 30-6 and six right now. No team in the NBA has a record as good as that right now. I, and Ryan's not even saying they're going to win the whole thing. But Ryan, Ryan. really likes the team, and we should listen well, to Bob. That's impressive when Bob has them with the – he can mention them with the all-time Celtic teams you just listed. That's, I mean, that, that's pretty incredible. And, yes, Bob Ryan is a Celtic historian. God knows. But, I, Tony, good. I Once again, one person picked the Celtics. I don't mean just on this show. I mean like any of the shows. I picked the Celtics because I had no respect ultimately for what Brooklyn was doing this season. And now get them out. You know, it's too bad to have Kevin Durant out of the playoffs. It really is. But the rest of them, I get tired of them. Go now. The Raptors are suddenly making things interesting in their series with the 76ers. Pascal Siakam scored 23 points to lead Toronto to the win in Philly. A series that the Sixers once led three games to nil is now 3-2 and headed back to Toronto. After the game, Joel Embiid, my favorite, not yours, said, quote, we're fine, close quote. Tony, you going to side with Embiid that Philly's fine? So in essence, I think what you're asking me is, do I think that Philadelphia will win this series? And yes, I do. It is hard for me to imagine that Toronto will win four straight. Although at this point, they really only have to win two straight. But the accumulation is four straight. But let me just tell you what will happen if Toronto wins this series. Doc Rivers will be fired. He's out. He's already the only person ever as a coach in the NBA to lose three 3-1 series. This would be number four, and it would be worse because it would be 3-0 before it was that. And so if you believe, and you've sat here and you've said that James Borrego, that it was okay for Charlotte to fire him because he got drilled in a couple of play-in games. You'd have to side with getting rid of Doc as much as you love him, and I love him. He'd be gone. This is what else would happen, Mike. James Harden can't get a contract. I ain't going to look at him and say, well, we're not spending hundreds of millions of dollars on this guy because it's over for this guy. And one other thing, your great, dear, yappy friend, uh, Joel Embiid would have to shut up for a while. He'd have to shut up for a while. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, right. Unless you tell me Embiid can't play at all, because if he can play, when I got 20 and 11 last night. Harden's another story, Mike. I didn't see it coming. I was wrong about it. No, we talked about this on your podcast this morning, and both of us, nobody accuses the two of us as being lost for words. And yet, having watched basketball as long as the two of us have, we are lost for words on Harden. Right? He's like yeah. the boxer, Tom, yeah. that was, you know, 47-1, and one, and then all of a sudden couldn't beat tomato cans. And you go, what happened to this guy? Harden looks like that. Uh, $200 million for him going forward? Are you kidding me? But, Tony, I told you, and look, at the beginning of this series, I thought it was going 7. And then it was 2-0, and everybody jumped off, and then Embiid hit that great shot, a great shot, with his thumb injured. And you go, okay. Yeah. Philly's in control of this thing because 3-0, by any definition, is in control. But I told you yesterday, if they lost that game, they're not winning game six in Toronto. I don't believe that. Um, they, are, they are a together team. They have a certain spirit. I talked to people in that building last night, and I listened to Tim Legler, who knows Philly basketball as well as anybody ever, okay? And since, you know, I mean, he just does. And, and so I heard Legler talking about the lack of energy and the lack of spirit in the building, the nervousness, the tension. Tone, there's something going on there. 
And I don't know if Embiid, look, Embiid wasn't just great this season. He was dominant, okay? I mean, he had stretches like Shaq in his prime, stretches. I'm not saying he's Shaq in his prime, but he had stretches like that. And now if he can't do that, and if Harden is just some dude, like an add-on all-star because you know, for injury to replace somebody, they're in some trouble, Tone. They really are. Yeah. I'll just say this, that when we have these series that go a long way and we analyze every single game as if it's one of the great novels in history, sometimes I feel like I'm chasing my tail like a dog. Sometimes I think I ought to shut up. We move on. <laughs> Let's turn to our friend Phil Mickelson. He is registered to defend his PGA championship in three weeks. And he is registered to play in the U.S. Open in June. And his agents have requested a release from the PGA Tour to allow Mickelson to play in the first Saudi Golf League event in London in June. His agent said, and I'm quoting here, Phil currently has no concrete plans on when and where he will play, unquote. So Mickelson's keeping those options open. Wilbon, do you see Mickelson's latest moves as simply procedural or a sign that he will return to golf? Well, I don't know that Phil, from what... I know, is a procedural guy. I mean, Phil thinks things ahead, and maybe that gets him in trouble sometimes, but he's not just sort of out there winging it. That's, that's not Phil Mickelson. Tony, I, I think this is one of those where I am best served by saying, I don't know. It's confusing. There's even mystery to it. And I, I live a chunk of my life here in a community which Phil Mickelson holds dear, and everybody here knows him. And I don't just mean the golf course. I mean in this community, Arizona State, where he attended, where his brother has been the coach. People here know and care about and discuss Phil and feel various ways about him. And you hear a lot of doom. You hear a lot of gloom and doom about him and why he has to play golf again and why he would go and play, you know, on you know, the, the Saudi tour by whatever name you want to call it. And it's just yeah. daunting to me to hear this. And I hope that a lot of it just isn't the case. And Phil's going to come back and play golf, and we're going to be able to relate to him in the way, professional way that we have for 30-plus years for Phil Mickelson. But I, I, I don't know that anymore, and, and, and there's just there's a cloud over it, Tone. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I think. Just think, total speculation. I think Phil Mickelson is hoping that the PGA Tour will say to him, no, you can't play in the Saudi Golf League. And then he'll go to his good friend Greg Norman and he'll say, I tried. I just can't do it. And then he will return to the PGA Tour and everybody will applaud and he will be triumphant and seen as a soldier who followed orders. But the exact opposite of that I consider as well, which would be this. Phil Mickelson, other than the PGA Championship last year, that was his only top 10, Mike. He missed nine cuts. He wasn't competitive on the tour for a couple of years. He wasn't making money on the tour. Off the tour, yes. On the tour, no. All of a sudden, the Saudi Golf League comes along and they say, we have no-cut events, we have 54-hole, no-cut events, shotgun right. start, and we'll give you $25 million. And Phil Mickelson may say, you know what? I'm taking it. I'm going to take yes. that. Because these guys, yeah. golfers, Mike, they're independent contractors. They chase That's money. Right. Half of them don't believe they should pay income tax. Right. So like you, I don't know, but those are the things. I also, and I'll say this very quickly, I understand the PGA Tour says if you go over there, you're barred from us. That's bluster, yeah. Mike. If 15 of the top 25 go, the PGA is going to relent and there's going to be two tours. Let's take a break. Still to come, what's the word from Mike Trout's check swing triple? And why did Dave Roberts let Walker Bueller finish his shutout last night? 
He must have had a flashback or something. He must have been in the way if back. If the PGA Tour doesn't have all the big guns, they can't ban the good ones. They're not going to do it. Yeah. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. It's time to give each other a little wordy talk. What's first? It's blank that Dave Roberts did not pull Walker Bueller from his gem last night. It's uncharacteristic. Dave Roberts pulls pitchers. That's his move. He pulled Clayton Kershaw a couple of weeks ago from a perfect game. He has pulled people with no hitters. He pulled Bueller in 2018 with a no hitter. So Bueller's through eight last night. And he has thrown, let me get the number, 98 pitches. So everybody in America thinks he's going to be pulled. Except Dave Roberts lets him go out there for the ninth. And what you find out later is that Bueller pulled a Max Scherzer and said, I'm going out there. And so afterwards, Dave Roberts says, I know Walker pretty well. He deserved the ninth. He earned it. Whoa, whoa. Like Kershaw didn't earn it? Like Kershaw, who's going to Cooperstown, didn't earn the ninth a couple of weeks ago? Mike, what I think happened is that is that Dave Roberts got stung by the criticism and doesn't want any more of it. Well, Tony, I'm going to agree with a lot of that, but I think what he got stung by was the pitcher standing up to him, which maybe Kershaw didn't do. And so, therefore, Dave Roberts was acquiescent. Because you're right, his move is to pull somebody. The moment it looks like he's flirting with history, Dave Roberts has to take a walk out there. And I told you, I have said, when I'm as big a guy, isn't Clayton Kershaw like 6'5"? Or 6'6". Six, six. I mean, he's these big. are big, big. tight-end-sized dudes. All right, these pitchers. Pitchers are huge for the most part. And I would look at him and say, take it from my hand, Dave. Get back to the dugout. Which you know, there were many more confrontations when you and I covered baseball. Because we'd go to the locker room afterwards, and guys the size of That's Jim right. Cott would say, I'm not coming out, Skip. Get out of here. Acquiescent. Yep. That's, what his, that's what Bueller did the, effectively. That's okay. Last night. That's all right. Here, That's right. right here in the Dave desert. Dave Roberts that game. has earned. Dave Roberts has a long lease with the Dodgers because he wins all He's the won. time. Yes, yeah. he, yes, he does. Next. Mike Trout's check swing triple was blank. My word is Trout affirming. I love Mike Trout. I think he's a great player. I feel sad, Mike, when he never gets into the playoffs. I feel sad the last few years he seems to get hurt all the time. 
So when something good happens with Trout, that makes me happy. If he gets a 95-foot triple right over first base because everybody is playing him to dead left and he comes out of the gate madly like he shot from a cannon, totally determined to get the third, never stops running at all, that made me happy. I will point out that right now Mike Trout's hitting 326 and the Angels are only a half a game out of first. So if Shohei Atani could hit better than 211 and if Anthony Rendon could hit better than 204, maybe this team could get to the playoffs. Yeah, they remind me a little bit too much of Banks, Santo, and Williams, the Angels. Hall of Famers that don't even get to the postseason. He reminds me of Ernie Banks, Tone. My hero, Mike Trout does. But I know what your baseball influences are, and you know what mine are. And I know what you had to see in part when he took out of the gate, like you mentioned, bolted out like a horse in the Kentucky Derby. You had to see one yeah. image and one image only, Pete Rose. He's wearing the white uniform with the red numbers. It could be Cincinnati. It could be Philadelphia. And Pete Rose would look at that ball going down the line, and he would know coming out of the box he was going to take third, and he might have to run over the third baseman to go in there safely, and the head first dive, straight Pete Rose. It's Pete Rose. I'm like you, though, with Trout, man. And I'm saying, Tone, Ernie Banks never made the playoffs. Trout, it's, it's, it's a little scary to me. Yeah. The Pete Rose thing, it is the slide. It's the slide that says Pete Rose. Absolutely. That's the final word. Let's take one last break. Still to come, did Hassan Whiteside deserve to get ejected for his foul on Luka Doncic and the scuffle that followed? And could Jay Wright end up coaching in the NBA after all? I don't know anything about that, but that would surprise me and maybe disappoint me a little, would it? Because... Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Happy time, people. Happy 75th birthday, Amos Otis. Center fielder played 17 seasons in the majors, but he is best known for his time in Kansas City from 1970 through 1983. Famous Amos was a five-time All-Star and a three-time Gold Glove. 
He led the American League in steals once and in doubles twice and was a career 277 hitter. Otis's time in Kansas City puts him in the company of some great teammates and managers. Otis overlapped with John Mayberry, Cookie Rojas, Freddie Patek, George Brett, Hal McRae, and Cam Kiyuma along Richie Scheinblum. Some of the pitchers on those teams were Dennis Leonard, Paul Splitoff, and Dan Quisenberry, and the managers, Bob Lemon, Jack McKeon, Whitey Herzog, Dick Hauser. Wow. Kansas City wasn't as glamorous as New York or as consistently good as Oakland and Baltimore, but the Royals had squads. Tell them the Royals won a division like four times out of five years in one stretch, and to me, Amos Otis was the best defensive outfielder, center fielder of his time. Look, I understand Gold Glove, you know, tells you one thing, but Gold Glove can lie because that's voted on. Amos Otis devoured everything in center field. He was so stylish. He was, like, elegant. And sadly, that's he right. was gone. He was ready to retire before Kansas City took that next step, and they won. They won without him, which is too bad because he was great. Happy anniversary, Matt Ryan. On this day 14 years ago, the Falcons selected Matty Ice out of Boston College with a third overall pick. That year, the Falcons were reeling after the Michael Vick dogfighting scandal, and Ryan calmed some of the water by becoming Rookie of the Year. Ryan was the NFL MVP in 2016 and led Atlanta to a Super Bowl they should have won. A Super Bowl their honor, their owner rather, Arthur Blank, celebrated prematurely with Little Dance. Sadly for him, the Patriots stormed back from a 28-3 deficit and actually won the game in overtime. Ugh. Ryan was never the same. His record since then is 35-45, and 45, which is why he is now out of Atlanta and in Indianapolis, where people are hoping his results will be more like Matthew Stafford's after a change of scenery than like Carson Wentz's. Tony, I understand why they would hope that in Indianapolis and why Matt Ryan would say to himself, I've got this in me, but to me... We've seen of Matt Ryan the last few years. That's what I call a reach. Just saying. Happy trails, Hassan Whiteside. The Jazz big man went to stop Luka Doncic from dunking with about five minutes left in last night's Utah-Dallas game in the Mavericks, up by 24 at the time. Whiteside went for the ball but didn't get it, got a lot of Doncic. Whiteside appeared to throw Doncic to the ground, then stood over. A couple of Doncic's Dallas teammates came over to let Whiteside know they were none too pleased and a tussle of sorts broke out. Whiteside was called for two technicals and was ejected. Reggie Bullock of Dallas also got the heave-ho. Teammate Dorian Finney-Smith got teed up as well. Afterwards, Doncic praised his teammates Bullock. for coming to his aid and called Whiteside's foul, quote, nothing. Doncic had 33 points, 13 rebounds as Dallas took a 3-2 lead in the series. I told you last night, yesterday in the show, that Doncic is back in full effect. Not just back. Look what he did to Rudy Gobert there. Uh, but, Tony, you didn't buy when Whiteside reached both hands down to appear like he was trying to pick up Doncic. You didn't, that didn't sound like you were buying that. I didn't think he was standing over him, Ali Liston style. I thought he was actually trying to say, hey, I didn't mean to okay. hit you that hard. But, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that, but, you know, but he got hit hard. It was hard. That was hard. He did. It was. No question. Big finish. Here we go. Zach Levine your Bulls entered the health and safety protocols again. Your thoughts? How many times? I mean, I've been stumping for Zach Levine to be paid, be extended, paid the max. But you, you, you can't have this happen. What is this, four or five times? No. Jay Wright, they're in the playoffs. Jay Wright told Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max he'd be lying if he said he hadn't thought about coaching in the NBA. What do you make of that, Tom? Uh, it's fine to coach in the NBA, not this year. Wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. Niners GM John Lynch says he can't ever imagine wanting to trade Debo Samuel. Makes sense. 
He's the greatest weapon offensively in the NFL. Why would you consider trading him? That would be dumb. An MRI on Jacob deGrom's arm showed considerable healing. You optimistic? Get back by June. Join Max Scherzer. Last one, three NBA games tonight. Who you got? Tony, I'm going to take the Hawks in the absence of Butler and Lowry. I'm going to take the Grizzlies and Suns at home. Those teams have to defend home court in game fives. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. I'm worried about the Suns tonight, Tony. I'm stressed out. Now, here's Sports. PTI.